Dave Chappelle receives the Mark Twain Comedic Achievement Award. His acceptance speech is awesome. We're going to talk about it. Then we're going to talk about this Vice article that Tim Pool covers on his YouTube channel in which apparently millennials feel entitled to the wealth of baby boomers. We're going to break that all down and then we're going to wrap up with a little bit of talk about movies and the Oscars and this year's Oscars nominations. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to Twitter, follow us at Hanging With Apes. Go on over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop music, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. Truly is the best. Truly is the best. So let's we'll do the episode in order of the introduction. So... Dave Chappelle's Mark Twain Award, uh, Tim Pool's article, and then we'll get into the the Oscar stuff briefly. Yeah. So I saw the this it came up on YouTube uh, the Dave Chappelle um, Mark Twain Award his acceptance speech, and it, I thought it was old because. It, it said 2019 Mark Twain Award, but I guess this year they're giving him the award for last year, you know, for oh, like comedic achievement or whatever. But I, I but I, I did look at it, and then when I looked at it again, the video was recently posted, but the award is for last year. So I guess that like Which makes sense. It covers the award, you know, the achievements of last year. Well, kind of like the Oscars, like this year's awards are for last year's achievements. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's something like that, but. What was very striking about that is how Dave Chappelle approached his acceptance speech. And it was it was awesome. It was funny, but also like he pretty much in that acceptance speech, I feel like he solidified everything that I've ever thought about him as far as him having like these really American values and him being like a huge free speech advocate and him believing in anybody should be able to say anything they want, no matter how offensive it may seem to people or how may, how off it may seem, how wrong it may seem. He, cause even goes goes on there on that acceptance speech and he talks about how he knows comics that are racist and he will even admire the artistry in which they paint their racist views but yeah. just the simple fact that they're able to talk about it yeah. makes it that much more powerful and impactful versus the bickering back and forth and the social media and the cancel culture and everything yeah. like that the truth there's none as as powerful as the truth you know and tell me that you haven't been to a show or if you haven't been to a comedy show that you haven't watched a comedy special where 
an uncomfortable truth or a, any type of truth or a cultural truth was told in its most purest form and you laughed hard as fuck about it. You know what I mean? I mean, I remember all the way when I was a little kid and, 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 and watching stand-up, uh, some of the shit Richard Pryor would say, some of the stuff that, that um, who, who else, Eddie Murphy would say. You know what I mean? And it's like, God damn, you know? So crude, honest, it's just you can only, like, laugh at it. And then you see people, like, in the crowd. That's the thing that used to kill me, like, watching people in the crowd going, like, shaking their head and looking at each other, like, damn, that shit is too true, you know? Like, you know, that's what comedy was. And really, it's based on the notion of, well, motherfuckers got free speech. Yeah, I only thing with back then though, I don't think that people were as sensitive as they are Nowhere now. Nowhere near. So I think it's more of a cultural achievement to do what Dave Chappelle does in today's day and age. Hell yeah. I mean look at the Eddie Murphy specials and the Dave Chappelle specials. As as raunchy, like equally raunchy, but Dave Chappelle's is way crazier in the sense that we're in a society where you're not supposed to say this stuff. Eddie Murphy well, was... When you say raunchy, what do you mean? Ra- raunchy in, in the sense of... Um, see, in 2020... Because like when, when raunchy I, I hear raunchy, I, I think more like sexually like explicit. Which no, I no, would no. say like Eddie Murphy's, I think, was more like sexual. I don't... Dave Chappelle, he doesn't really... No, not raunchy in that sense. Uh, I mean, like, see, now what what's off limits is there's so much that's off limits that I would uh, assume in 2019, raunchy and, and oh, man, he's kind of going overboard. I, I'm, I'm feeling kind of like this guy's attacking people type and, shit. And, and, and that's the thing what's badass about Chappelle is in his acceptance speech, he pretty much is insinuating that there is no such thing as off limits. Yes. There is no off limits. Like people feel things are off limits because they make it off limits or they don't they don't want to broach the subject, but there is no off limits nor should there be. No. No and and uh him before and now I feel that he was able him being away for so long, right? Cuz he left at the peak of his career uh when it came to the type of money he was making and where he was in the culture of comedy, right? The Dave Chappelle show. Everyone was talking about his sketches. Then he had the two the two specials. I'm trying to remember their name. I can't remember, but I know there was like two specific specials that there was just like everyone was talking about him as well. Um he leaves and I thought I thought he was real good. And we've always talked about this like his sketch comedy is legendary. His stand-up, we liked it, but I think we saw him more of like a sketch comedy icon. Yeah. And then he was gone. He said 12 years, I think, even on, in the acceptance speech. So 12 years, he's gone. He's back, and I feel like he was able to evaluate what was going on. Yeah, he saw definitely. a shift. Like, you know, we're talking the Dave Chappelle show. If you haven't watched that show... You'll see, like, nothing was off limits. And he's always been like that. But he also left 
during a time where that was kind of okay. Like, that was normal. Yeah. Fast forward to 2016. It's a way different environment culturally. He comes back, and I feel like because he was able to kind of step back and watch, he, in my opinion, came out with the best stand-up material he's ever performed on stage. 100%. I I would even argue that his stand-up material now on stage is even better than his sketch comedy. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And which is crazy how much things have changed because we're, you as you were talking, like I was looking up when we did sketch comedy, that's about five years ago. And at the time, I didn't feel like things were as off limits. Like, I feel like it was like, like there was been a, a lot of cultural things going on in these last five years that made it where, where people got crazy because... Because I remember as we would do sketches and like we would push the envelope, but I never really felt like at the time that we were pushing the envelope. But if you go back and look at our sketches, it was like, holy shit. Like, well, I mean, the today, name, if yeah. today somebody did that, like we have no platform today. We wouldn't like in, in, in YouTube would ban our shit. Our shit has been banned. Well, yeah, they took a whole video off. Yeah. Yeah. So like. We would, and it was crazy because like that video was like like in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, of views. it was it was going, it was yeah, getting crazy with and, the views. Yeah, so as soon as I'm like, damn, I cannot believe we have a video That's that went a like, hundred thousand plus. Yeah. I can't believe this, and sure enough, they couldn't believe it either. Like hell no, but but that just goes to show like we just would not have a platform on YouTube. It would have to be like cable TV or some like. It would never happen on you, not the route that we took, and not our type of comedy, uh, <laughs> which is kind of, which is kind of sad, really, if you think about it. Yeah. it, it it's kind of badass that we would be those guys that, hey, let's push it a little bit, let's push the limits a little bit, let's see what, you know, because I think that that, it's like, like now even South Park, the reason that they're able to stay and remain oh. is because they're established. But if they were coming through the gate on yeah. that, they they wouldn't even give them a shot. Yeah, it, it'd be it'd be very hard. Yeah, because even even uh, Rick and Morty, which they do say some crazy shit, nowhere near South Park level. No, but see, Rick and Morty, it's different though. Like Chappelle and South Park, they are intentionally. Or they do intentionally poke and prod at those that they feel deserve to be poked and prodded at. Rick and Morty is more of a, like, in passing, like, it'll something will be mentioned that'll make you think or, or, or consider, like, something in society. But it's not like... Like, it, it's not an intentional poke, poking and prod. Yeah. Like, for instance... Just, just let, let's throw like the the subject of, of, cause, cause I don't know why I find. Well, I I guess because it gonna it's gonna tie into the the next segment a little bit, but it but I find it a little bit humorous. 
like the student loan debt crisis. I mean, it's not humorous because like it's kind of, it stifles a lot of people's lives. That part is not humorous, but the part that's humorous about it is like people are all fucked up about like following their teacher the the advice of their teachers and their parents. Which there's something about that that's humorous to me, and I could see like Rick and Morty, like them go to like an alternate universe where where like you like here on Earth you shouldn't listen to your parents and you shouldn't listen to your teachers, but in that alternate universe the yeah. parents and the teachers are really wise. So for instance, like let's say like you know how your parents teach you, oh only cross the light cro- cross the street when it's a green light, and so. Like they go and then like you know they're somewhere and then they're like oh it, it it the 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 car you know the person or the thing passes the alien or whatever wherever universe they're in yeah and Morty is is like oh geez Rick like you know it worked out pretty good it worked out pretty good for him it's like yeah Morty it's it's not it's not like Earth where you shouldn't listen to your parents I mean look at the student debt crisis you know like yeah. that would be a joke for them but that's like just in passing like yeah like it's just kind of like oh damn a little slight at like yeah. society like, versus like, yeah. versus Chappelle and 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 South Park Don't Chappelle just... will do a whole segment on that shit and South Park will do a whole episode on it like yeah. damn look you moron like why would you do this this and that versus they'll probably have a t- a, a new teacher that comes into class and then the, and he's just giving them like terrible advice yeah like that type of shit versus Rick and Morty it's just in passing you know what i'm saying um which it's both like in its own right decent how they go about it but one is gonna like kind of poke and prod a little bit more you yeah know what I'm like for instance the one shit that Chappelle the shit that Chappelle and South Park would do a person that's in that situation would not be able to dismiss it versus the Rick and Morty shit they a lot of their shit they, they you could dismiss it like oh it's like a quick little like jab that's it you can even miss it sometimes like or miss it yeah because yeah. like the, the there was one where he said that that line about the bureaucrats i completely missed it the first time i saw it when he's like just shoot them it's like these ants oh. shooting them at the airport and he says just shoot them they're robots and then and then uh morty shoots one of them and then he's like oh my legs my legs and then they're like oh my god someone call his wife and kids and then morty like looks like damn this is fucked up. He's like, they're not robots. And he's like, they're bureaucrats. It's the same thing. Uh-huh. Like, that's a very funny joke, but also very one subtle said it, humor. Yeah, yeah. It's very subtle and very quick. So like you wouldn't, unless you actually were paying attention. I, I, fully. Ha- I have, it's funny. He said, cause like th- <laughs> I, that show has some great ass subtleties. So the other day I was on YouTube and <laughs> this shit is badass. So I didn't see the news. I haven't seen any of the new season, but I guess this is a clip from the new season, right? So it looks like it's the end of the episode. So it's Morty. He's on a Rubik. He has a Rubik's cube, and he's on. They're on top of the roof, just chilling, like watching the the sunset. Yeah. And then so it's Morty, uh, Rick, and and uh, Mister Poopy Butthole, and like oh. they're they're there. Like I guess he's back with them, fucking around. And so <laughs> so, they, but this shit, like I don't know why I found this shit so funny. So so they're there and then um and then and so Mr. Poopy Boho he's like he's like ooh wee that sure looks like a big storm coming and then um and then Rick's like yeah it sure does and like Morty's just there 
and uh, you know, playing with the Rubik's cube or whatever. He doesn't say nothing. And then Mr. Poopy, uh, uh, Mr. Poopy Bajo, right? That's the name. Yeah. yeah. So like the, he looks kind of like a banana. Almost, yeah. A hat. Yeah. And so he's like, he's like, hey Rick. And then and then Rick's like, yeah. And then he's like, can I? Can you walk me through something? And then and then Rick's like, uh, yeah, go ahead. And then he's like, he's like, so you and Morty hired my students to jump me because you wanted to know if I was good enough at karate. And then and then he's like, yeah, we did. And he's like, but Rick, it was an emergency. How much time did that take? So like, he wasn't mad that like they hired his students to jump him. He was just <laughs> mad that like, why would you, like, it just it took too long to like get shit done. Yeah. And then he's like, and then so Rick was like, but and which this is what I found really funny yeah. is like what you find out his the 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 class that he taught is like what the fuck kind of class is that for him to <laughs> teach of all classes so he's like he's like Rick is like yeah it actually didn't take that much time he's like I didn't know I don't know if it was just coincidence coincidence that your students had a keen aptitude for martial arts or if it somehow correlated with their interest in uh, uh african-american female studies he's like maya angelou did personify acquiescence and perseverance and then mr movie's like but was like oh that's exactly the kind of connection i would have loved to explore in my class too bad i got fired for putting all my students in the hospital <laughs> <laughs> so i guess they jumped and he just destroyed them but so like it's just funny because oh. like you having never seen that scene, I don't know if the actual episode shows that shit, yeah. but having never seen it, like my mind just started like going in a million different directions. But but that's exactly like what that show does. Like yeah. it kind of like creates like these just wacky off the wall scenarios where you're like, God damn, like out of all things, first off, who knew Mr. Poopy Bajo like knew, was an expert at karate, number one. But number two, he's a teacher of African-American women's studies. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this show is great. Yeah, so so that shit, that shit is like too wild. But um, but yeah, but also like we're going back to the Chappelle acceptance speech. Yeah. Um, I, I really dug how he said the first amendment is first for a reason. And yeah. the second amendment is just in case the first doesn't work out. And I've said this before, and I truly believe this in my heart of hearts. That's the, one of the reasons why we have a podcast. That's one of the reasons why on our mug, it, like the first amendment is on there is like, and I think wholeheartedly somewhere along this train of thought, the forefathers had this in mind where like almost no problem will persist if you can find the way to talk about it yeah. but but talk about it within a, the uh, a certain amount of reason and respect with the other person i thought it was the other quote that you always say which is the end of days, it's coming. Yeah, but no, not that. <laughs> no, uh, no, but he's already but, never said that. But yeah, but like I, I truly feel that, and I think a lot of times things don't get fixed or things don't don't get worked out. It's because one, either the other side they don't want to talk about it, or they're too sensitive to talk about it, or they're dishonest. Like so, I, I'm talking about on on a platform of mutual respect. I don't see. How at very least, I'm not even saying like the two people or the two sides need to end up agreeing or 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 being the best of friends or anything like that. 
but at least be able to coexist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, just like you said, that's why the Second Amendment. In, here in this country. Now, yeah. around the world, that's not so easy, the whole coexisting, because you got religions and ideologies, and like that's a very different thing, especially when you're talking about people that are willing to die for that. But a cause that I don't know, and I don't know about all that stuff, but I do know a cause that is worth dying for is the First Amendment and the freedom of speech. And Chappelle even says that in there. He's like, I will stand in the way of anybody who tries to like stop this, you know, and and I think that's pretty, pretty stellar. Do you think his stand up specials and, and the way they've been received will for lack of a better term, uh, caused a paradigm shift in comedy? Yeah, but it may not necessarily be a good thing because I think sometimes, like, I, I don't think him doing what he does should mark people just trying to do what he does. I think it should mark just going your own route, t- taking your own lane and being bold in it. Because, see, sometimes people, like, for instance, I remember like when Quentin Tarantino started making movies and, like, he hit the scene. I don't know if you remember, but, like, all of those, like, carbon copies of, like, movies, like, they were trying to make movies, like, he would make movies. Like and Smoking Aces or whatever? Yeah, that type of shit where it's just, like, not, it's just, it's not working. This is not you. Right. So if anything, let him and what he does be a, a mark for you to be original. Like let that let that encourage you to be original, but not to like be a carbon copy. So like I would like people to like do their own thing. I cause I, I could see a lot of people start thinking like, oh well, I could just be offensive and say what I want and shock value. No, because that shark shock value for the sake of shock value. This dude really has something to say. There's two different things. And he's so great at telling a wacky story with some deep. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, his acceptance speech was basically that. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty pretty decent. Um, So moving on to the next uh, segment. Millennials, they, according to Vice... They deserve the wealth of baby boomers. They deserve it. They deserve the wealth of baby boomers. Like, never mind have they done the work or... And it's it's so funny because I saw this from a Tim Pool video and then I sent you the Tim Pool video. And it's interesting to me because Tim Pool was left-leaning but things are getting so out of control and so much of what the left believes in is getting so hard and and like to to defend yeah that like i don't think he's leaning right but it's just his views and beliefs start to make him look like he's right leaning when that's really just not the case i saw a youtube comment once about him it said this is the slowest red pill I've ever seen. Because, <laughs> like, little by little. Um, but, yeah, shit is just so wacky. Um, I, and I and I look at articles uh, when it comes to millennials and, and oh, uh, I've seen articles about why why they're not stimulating the economy. 
and why this and and oh look uh the the boomers have all the wealth and 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 it's very surface level stuff when you break it down first of all an economy that's not being stimulated what do you mean by that first of all because like an article like that means that like are we just supposed to be as millennials just spending like oh boomers spent why don't you spend spend and, and that's where where like people who write these articles they don't realize like the the stupidity that some of these comments entail like you're you're not understanding it's like a cause and effect right it's like this happened this trickled down that happened this happened this happened so while we've we've pretty much broken down one segment of that which is the student loan crisis yes there was a lot of bad advice no that does not mean that you get to blame everybody that means that you get to say okay i was misinformed but we also got bad advice and tim pool says the same thing in the video exactly which was badass when he said that he's like yeah people told me go to college go to college and he was and he was like i looked at it i thought about it i was like no that's i don't think that's the right thing to do pause you looked at it and thought about it (laughs) motherfucker like what the fuck like at what point do we just go on autopilot hey listen i gotta get somewhere i'm gonna get in your car take me where the wind blows like what <laughs> what do you mean what somewhere what what do you why are you in my car so you know what i mean like so then you, you're gonna have the nerve to get mad that you're in fucking butt fuck tennessee you know what i mean like i'm here what happened how well i mean the shit that you just did the last 10 decisions you made it just didn't make any sense now you're here and now you have to deal with it and I feel that that's just a cold, hard truth. So when you look at these articles saying like what we should or shouldn't do, it's fine. It's good to read. It's good to inform yourself. But at the same time, like instead of saying, oh, well, the boomers, they have all the wealth. We need to take it. Well, no, 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 no. What did they do? Right? Because one one thing, for example, boomers at a young age bought property, yeah. right? Just a house, just a house. Now, I'm not even talking income property. I'm just talking about a house. And because they bought it young, as they got older, and they paid off the house, that was worth something. That's wealth creation. Exactly. What do millennials do? We rent as a generation. We rent. Renting, there's no value. You're just paying to live there. You're not, you're not. So just that alone, just something as simple as that, rent not investing like like no then obviously people are they're they're not they're not getting married so they're which i mean the not getting married part is fine but that also shows that it's like well you probably aren't planning for a future because i my thing is this like i know that there are people that are like single not that don't have kids that do plan for the future i'm one of them but by and large across the board the people that i find are the biggest future thinkers are the ones that are married like it's sort of like a thing that many of them have in common like okay i'm thinking about the future this is my partner this that and the other and it makes sense because the 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 journey of life and 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 if you're if you're thinking about the future is easier to 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 take on 
when you have a partner. But so I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if like so many of the single millennial people that aren't like on that, if they're single and like being single also is an indicator of not planning for the future. By all accounts, no. according to this article, it seems to be the case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because. But you can't be mad at anybody for that. Like, there's no, yeah. you don't have the right to be mad at anybody. Like, how could you want the the wealth of somebody or the success of somebody without having ever having put in, like, the work, you know what I'm saying, or the sacrifice to do it? Like, they were yeah. saying that in, in that article and in Tim Pool was saying that at the age range that millennials currently are now yeah. boomers had 20 percent of the wealth of the nation versus millennials crazy ass fucking uh um uh comparison uh what, what's it what's it called the discrepancy not discrepancy uh what like, like when when like it's it's uh it's a comparison but it it's off um I can't think discrepancy or oh, whatever, but yeah. the crazy comparison is that m millennials only have three percent of the nation's wealth. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because if you know the rules, right, you have to circumvent things to get to a certain like like if 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 you found out a shortcut to a destination that's cool but you have to kind of like do some prodding and understanding the situation you know what i mean like so so i say that to say this like the road could be different for everybody everybody could get there in a different manner but there are ways to get there what i don't see in a lot of people that that would complain about such a situation is like there's literally no planning there's no route you're not taking any road like yeah like it's fine it's fine if 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 you don't want kids it's fine if you don't want to get married it's fine if if you don't want to uh, uh start a business or something like it's just it's fine but there's still roads there's still like okay well still the retirement account wouldn't you know hurt um not having high high debt like you already have a loan let's work on that you know like i don't know i just feel that yeah but you you said it perfect no road is being taken yeah it's it, like literally like spinning in in one place oh <laughs> oh like like are you don't gonna, know where i'm at like, are you gonna go that like yeah that's that's pretty much what it what it looks like to me that's what that's essentially what i see also yeah and and it's just like well yeah we, we can compare or we could we could see what we could do now and what the pro because what we could do now would then suggest that we would have to look at what are potential problems, right? Yes. So stop worrying about climate change so much and worry about your finances more, right? Because there is literally a metric even for that, you know, <laughs> like, and the word I was looking for was disparity. Disparity. Fuck. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I, I was like, when you told me, I was like, I, I can't even think of what you're, 
Yeah, disparity. Yeah, perfect. But yeah, like instead of looking at at, at, at the differences that that your bank account say, well, look at what they did, and we, and, and it's not going to be the same. I, you know, like like the '80s were the '80s because there was a road to be able to live in excess, right? And yeah. people, but then you want that '80s style and life, and but like there's literally you can't. You're fucked up in these streets. Yeah. Fix that first. And the only that, thing you could get that the 80s had rampant is AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll want that. No, but uh I, I think I think though Trump is the closest we've gotten to Reaganomics, though, I would say. Yeah. Since yeah. Reagan. Yeah, I mean and and But but I don't think the people that are complaining on this Vice article care or even fuck with trump just i i yeah i have my doubts that they do but you know i just want to throw that out there they they but and then that's another thing too it's so easy right it's so easy to oh reagan oh bush oh obama oh trump like to even cry about that shit like just by any means you know what i mean like uh, it reminds me of that Jordan Peterson chapter. Like, clean your room. Yeah. <laughs> like, before you can even complain, and that's kind of where I was going with the, with the climate change thing. Like, before you want to change the world or have, you know, spend your time on this stuff, maybe you should be in a good position. Right? Yeah. Because Dave Chappelle's acceptance speech, he said, he said, when, when he talked about the cigarette, he said, you're not supposed to smoke in room, but I'm Dave Chappelle. Leverage, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, be that guy. Be the guy that says, oh, hey, I need, uh, I'm going to, one of the fucking legendary, one of the legendary guitarists of, of, of all time, can you come and do a solo for my mom? Yeah. While I walk out? Because I just won the fucking award. Yeah. Of the greatest comedian of 2019. All right. Goodbye now. You know what I mean? Like, be that guy. Because if you can't be that guy, then you can't make. You really can't change. You can't. What change are you gonna do? Like, but but that's the other thing too, though. Or is achieve. like is like it's so crazy because like I I rock with what you're saying, and so many people want so much credit for not doing anything or or anything worthwhile, right? Everybody's so special, and and I guess that's like the whole. Like, social media culture. Like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm special. And then they think, like, like the goofies are special or, or get the attention. Like, you see, for instance, the other day I saw this video of, like, R. Kelly's two, two uh, his two girlfriends. Like, they were fighting and, like, all these all these people were, like, talking about it and 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 commenting this and that and so like it's like pure stupidity but that's getting your attention or you know some other some other like goofy ass shit the royal family harry and Meghan markle right like that type of shit exactly that you think is special all this shit you think is special and so, but the thing is, and I, and this is what I find very important and prevalent. And I don't know. I guess I mean, I I I guess 
they just don't get it or whatever. But like while like all of that shit is like special yeah. to you, like there's there's people that are are doing stuff like you know what I'm saying. I'm sure a lot of these baby boomers that have this certain amount of wealth that you feel you're deserving of, I'm sure they didn't give this shit as much time as you do. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's, it's a lot of stuff to it, and so. And if you really think you're so special, then like, why are you bitching and moaning about you deserve this? Aren't you so special? Like you, you should have everything you need. That's my point is like, it's a lot of bitching and moaning and like hypocrisy. So if you are so special, then shut the fuck up and be special. But if you're not so special, maybe be humble and like work till you get to where you need to be. Like, I don't know, like just a whole lot of like, like backwards shit. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, in order to be, to achieve anything special, you have to, there has to be a humble process, right? And even when you get, achieve that, you're going to have to be like, damn, how? You know, how? Like, because like, when I, when I hear MVP speeches, right, it's always about the people that got you there. I've yet to hear someone do a speech like that and it's like yeah i did it all i'm the greatest it's like the process the people around yeah. you the so so i can't even imagine a motherfucker like being like oh i i like you you have to matter of fact perfect example you know you're gonna get old <laughs> just that is a humbling that's a humbling fact like damn i'm gonna get old I'm going to ache. I'm going to hurt. I'm motherfucker's old already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like that, that has to be pretty humbling just to think that. So it's like, I just want to live comfortably. Yeah. So something as humble as that could achieve you a lot of, a lot of special things that, that you achieve in you're, the process. You're, you're not lying though. That That's like very well said. Something as simple as knowing you're going to get old should be enough of a motivator where you're like damn i should do something because <laughs> like i'm not gonna be like this you know it, it yeah. even that in itself it ain't gotta be no damn i need to get to the oval office i need to have dinner with the president i need to to buy this and no but i mean you, you're gonna get old you're like life is finite it's not infinite yeah. so like i don't know do something i i don't know like you know so yeah definitely nah, bro no <laughs> definitely which is funny and i think it'll it is a good segue into the final topic about the oscars and the nominations and everything like that and it's funny because there's uh people complaining that there were no women directors nominated for best director which again is like that sense of entitlement now i haven't seen the movies that they were saying these women should have been nominated for. But I do know that one of them was A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is the movie uh, about the, the, I guess, the guy that was interviewing Mr. Rogers, who Tom Hanks plays Mr. Rogers. Oh. I didn't see that movie, but it does look good to me. Like, yeah. I, I do, when it comes out on Blu-ray, I, I do want to catch it. And then, um, so, whatever, like, I'll see... But the other one that I was like, what the fuck? Like, Hustlers, the J-Lo movie. First off, let's, let's just put some, like, 
I haven't seen Hustlers, like, disclaimer, but there's never been a good movie with J-Lo. Like, oh, well, Selena. Selena, I stand corrected. Selena mm. was a decent movie. Like, it wasn't great, but no, it, it was it decent. Great, yeah. It was, like, like in, in the realm of biopics, it's pretty low on the totem pole. I mean, like, when you have Ray and Straight Outta Compton and The Social Network and Steve Jobs, yeah. like, it's pretty low on the totem pole. Like in in regards to to those, but it was a decent movie. But I don't know. But Hustlers even then, I don't know if she really like did that great of a job acting versus she just like looked the role well, you know? Yeah. Um. Who knows? Maybe it's a coming of age story. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that right now. And and then and then even if even if one would make the argument that it's a good movie, which I highly doubt, but okay, maybe one makes the argument that it's a good movie. On Rotten Tomatoes, and we've talked about this before, it's actually rated higher than the Joker, which you know automatically is some bullshit. Like there's just no way that that Yeah. That could be I mean and there's certain things you could get from a trailer, and one thing you could get is the caliber of acting and even from the trailer of joker you saw that joaquin phoenix knocked that shit out of the park yeah yeah there's not even uh, a question again we could view it but like the trailer does tell you a lot like that fucking god-awful trailer they told me to watch about morbius i'm a avid spider-man fan i can tell you that that shit does not look appealing God, Jared man. Leto's actor, and he's a pretty pretty good actor. He's a great actor. Yeah, he is a great actor, actually. Yes, he's had great roles, and the reason I said pretty good is because he is he's been quite terrible at picking his roles lately. Man. But that's not his fault in the sense. Well, that is his fault, and whoever his agent is, they got to get better at that. But what the end outcome of the movie is is not his fault. So I I can't I can't say that he sucks because of that. But uh, yeah, he is a great actor. So, but, but I, I kind of think though, like for instance, let's keep it one hundred. If you, if right now I was your agent and I, I handed you the script to Suicide Squad, and you read that piece of shit, like would you? You wouldn't get. You wouldn't want to be part of that shit. No. I know I wouldn't. Reading no. the script, I'm like, God damn. Do I need to fucking fire you? Why would you give me this? This is awful. Like you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, now Morbius. Right. It doesn't look as like far fetched as Suicide Squad, so like I could see maybe him thinking like, "Damn, you know, with the right angles, the right tone, like this could be put together pretty well." But yeah. but if Suicide Squad, motherfucker should have knew better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Morbius, even even the fact that he's dying, yeah, that that already it's like, damn, that 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 could be some deep shit. Yeah, and like what at what length do you drive yourself? It's a situation where, well, shit. So I, I could see him being like, damn, okay, you know, I fucked up with Joker. Let me fix this shit. And I really thought with this Morbius shit, they were going to take, like, the interview with the vampire type of route, like a dark, slow burn, you know, action, but but, but minimal, like, more, make it, give it more of a, of a horror movie feel to it. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? The like, CGI like, is like too you, much. You know, you know what movie I think if they would have took the route of. You remember that movie with the girl? What's her name? Uh, Chloe Grace 
Moretz. She's the she's hit girl in uh in Kick Ass. Yeah, she's older now. But, yep. but she she was younger in Kick Ass. Yep, I know exactly who you're talking about. Now she was in a movie called, I want to say, Let Me In, where oh, she yeah. was she was a vampire. Or Let the Right One In, or Let Me. No, in. No, no, I think Let the Right One In was the Swedish. It was based off of a Swedish movie. Yeah, that was the foreign one. But Let Me In, or something like that, something along, yep. something along those lines. Matt Reeves directed it. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't even know that. Oh, like I, I, I didn't either. I just I, pulled but, it up but, as you were but, saying. But it's funny because that I'm using that as the example of what should have been done, and that's the guy that's that's directing the Batman movie. Oh shit! Yeah, it is. But but what's what's funny about that is like, uh, you see that how that shit all comes together. But but um, I would take taken like the Morbius movie and have gone that approach. You just made your point valid by the fact that somehow, some way, you got it to Matt Reeves, who's doing Dark Knight, or not the Dark Knight, the, the, Batman. Ba- the Batman. And it's why. Why is that? Because oh, the tone, acting. You see the you see the trailer. You're able to tell these things. You know, yeah. um, not always. No, not always, because I've been wrong before. Yeah, or or sometimes you're steered wrong. Like yeah. I feel there's been movies that steered me wrong, and they weren't bad movies. Like two movies, Drive, and uh, fuck, it comes at night. Ah, uh. they led you to believe it was a different type of movie. So, although they're not, and they're both, well, I think Drive. I like Drive better. Yeah, Drive is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, but it comes at night. Like but, both of but a lot of people don't get Drive, though. Like, it no. doesn't work for them. Well, go ahead, because I'm yeah. going to tell a story about one of our friends. Yeah. I think you know where I'm going to go. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah like, w- with Drive, what it was with me is it... it I thought it was going to be a, a different movie. Just like with it, it comes at night. So at second viewing, I enjoyed it more, you know? I feel like you kind of understand because it kind of happened with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with you. Like, yeah, I think you thought yeah, this it, big time. Yeah, that, that very well said. Like that happened big time with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because remember, we all went to go see it together, us, all of our friends, and I was like, I liked it. I never said I didn't like it, but yeah. I was like, man, like, I just kind of wish this, and I thought this, and like all of that stuff. So. It, it it was a little bit. It was a little bit. Uh, you thought it was gonna be something. He it, was. Didn't, it, it was like yeah. this. Like you go to a steakhouse and, you know, you're used to eating steak with like a one sauce or like some shit like that. Yeah. Right. And then, but here at this steakhouse, this only sauce they have is like some cream, onion, garlic sauce, and you're like, damn. Well, I thought I was gonna be able to get a one with it. So, but now you go to the second time and you know already it's going to, and now you can like enjoy this sauce because you know that that's what it is. Yeah. That's pretty much what it was for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for me. Yeah. Once I knew that the what the movie was, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot better on second viewing. Um, way better. And, and so, you know, that, that does, that does indeed happen. But um, what's funny about, about but i you still know that it's a good movie at the time it's just yeah. not nat- necessarily what you expected but what was funny with drive though i remember we were having a conversation with some of our friends and now for the listeners out there 
we have we have a good group of friends. We talk about movies. We talk about music. We talk about a lot of stuff. But some of our friends aren't like the best movie critics. <laughs> some of them are actually pretty awful. Yeah. And so like like some of the recommendations or like the the debates that we've actually just to throw it out there, we've had friends that have actually argued with us and made a case for the movie Venom. Like they've actually like made a case where it's like, no, it wasn't that bad, this, that, and the other. Or they made the case that The Walking Dead was a better show oh. than than Game of Thrones. Like all kind of shit. And these debates are always very fun and animated yeah. and everything like that. And it's no hard feelings, but still come on now still it's just like what are you fucking smoking besides pole that like that 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 like you think this way but so one of our friends one day we were talking about drive and i was like talking about how dope that movie was and how it's kind of like uh in a lot of ways a modern day western you know like like all of this like really intuitive stuff and one of our friends he was like oh i didn't i didn't really like it and I was like, why? Like, how could you not like that movie? Like, you know, I, I saw, you know, I, I start my line of questioning. He's like, well, you know, like, I was expecting the transporter, like something like the transporter. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's fine. But when you found out that this is way better than the transporter, that didn't like ring a bell. <laughs> so you were expecting the transporter and you got something that was 10 times better than the transporter. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you didn't like it, and it was just a, a funny little uh, back and forth. But uh, he didn't make a valid case. A transporter? No, I, I really wouldn't have watched it if I thought that's what it was going to be. But I mean, okay, <laughs> take that, take that stance. But but yeah, it's it's like you look at a movie like 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 those. Uh, I think those three movies are a great representation, and. You realize that what you're watching is good. It's just it, it kind of makes you backtrack a little bit because you maybe were expecting a different type of movie. Yeah. Not su- like super different, but maybe a different approach. Yeah. And I feel like like that. That's what the case was with those. Um, now with uh, which which uh, oh Joker having eleven nominations. Do you think off of what you've seen, it was well deserved or? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um out of the movies I saw last year, top 2 were easily The Joker and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Now, another disclaimer, with The Irishman, I did start to watch it on Netflix, but I as you well know, I can't get through the the oh, yeah the aging technology that they're using yeah. on their faces is just it you makes see. the movie rather unbearable for me yeah um i might give a third attempt to get through it and just i don't know close my eyes every time like that i see that shit which is all the time but yeah. there to be honest i would even go as far as say that i can't i don't understand how scorsese has a best director nomination for like allowing that shit yeah in yeah his I, movie I, that's like i, I can I, see that I, I i it's not and it also kind of uh it makes them look bad a little bit in what sense you talked so much shit about marvel movies oh yeah and then you leaned on cgi yeah 
in a way that like you know the, a Marvel movie would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I didn't even I never even made that connection, but that's that's a great connection, one hundred percent. Like you're saying that that these the, these Marvel movies are like theme parks, and you have all this stuff to say, which you are within your rights to say yeah. that. But what are you making? What are you producing? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And and, and he, I mean, he still he still has a fighting chance in the sense that like the themes explored in in a movie like The Irishman, you're just not gonna get that from a Marvel movie. But it is kind of distasteful. That you took that role, and and especially when yeah. you could have got so many good actors to just play the younger version, that and also I don't I don't know like okay so I didn't know that no well yeah I didn't okay so Al Pacino's character I didn't know they used the de aging so whatever they did with him if you're gonna do that you have to make it where you can't tell with Joe Pesci it was like. When he was like super young or, or like the youngest, you could tell a tiny bit, but I would have been okay with it. But the one that bothered me, and it was something about his eyes, was Robert De Niro's. Yeah. That shit bothered me. Like that shit was like I'm telling you, with his eyes, there were moments where he looked like it was a video game. Yeah, like like uh I because they did that with uh Princess Leia. Yeah in, in the new movies, and you could tell right away. Like you could tell. But even though that was better, I don't know, for some reason I felt like Princess Leia was done a little bit better. Maybe because it's like a CGI type movie, so yeah, it blends better, maybe. Yes, something, but like with Robert De Niro, yeah, that was a a, a problem. Um, there was like that scene where he's beating the guy up, and like he looks just old doing it. Yeah, but even that, okay, I could live with that if like what they did, like if they worked a little bit more on the on Robert De Niro's face, where you just couldn't tell. I could live with him looking a little old, kicking a guy, whatever, you know. Move it along. I I would even. It's just that was the only part. I think Robert De Niro, out of all of them, showed his age. Yeah. In this movie, he's because like, Joe uh, Joe Pesci, his character was more laid back, chill. It fit him, and I, he was actually my favorite character in the movie. Um. Al Pacino, he was youthful. Yeah. In the way that he moved. He was animated. He was... I loved it. It was Superb. Worked, yeah. But with Robert Nero, he just seems tired. Like, you know, you get old, you, 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 I guess you feel more tired. And I don't know, like sometimes it just felt like he could do something physically or or just get another actor. Like, you, you could have replaced him with DiCaprio. And, and, and had DiCaprio old just made him look yeah. old in in those old in the scenes where he's old versus yeah. trying to make him yeah like that movie would have been significantly better if you had DiCaprio in it. and not again I'm not trying to talk shit about Robert De Niro he's a legend when it comes to acting but it's just it didn't work if it doesn't work it doesn't work yeah but it could have just been like for him it was more so like damn this is our last movie fuck it like let's let's go all out yeah. And 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 I mean, but it let's didn't... marvel this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I do feel that it was lacking in that sense. But so the positive side is he's always been good at making you think about shit. You know what I mean? Like, like 
when he, especially when it comes to mob movies, he's always been very good at making you look at the things that people skip over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this shit ain't so sweet. Shit ain't so great. Um, that was good fellas. Yeah. Casino showed you the side of what the fuck gambling is, what Las Vegas is. And then the Irishman, it was just more like, it, it seemed like a movie you can only make if you've made Goodfellas and Casino and The Departed. Now you're sitting back and you're watching it. And it, it kind of gave me that feeling of like, I'm older now. And as you watch, and I know you haven't finished it, but as you watch the movie, it does have to do a lot with like aging, mm. getting old and. That's I don't I don't want to give you too much, but it, it it was it was about the ending is just like damn, shit is crazy. Just but uh, I'll let you watch it and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. Just so, close your eyes during the De Niro parts. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> let's uh let's let's ha- do some predictions. Um, not for every single category. It's just way too much. Just some of the more major categories. So, performance by an actor in a leading role, uh, Antonio Banderas, DiCaprio, Adam Driver, Joaquin Phoenix, or Jonathan Prince. Price, Jonathan Price, sorry. Let me see. Wait, who is it again? Antonio Banderas, DiCaprio, Driver, Phoenix, Price. Phoenix. Yeah. DiCaprio would be a strong second, though. Yeah, because he acted his fuck, ass off. Yeah, there. yeah. In uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I can see the Caprio P- taking performance it by an actor in a supporting role. I already know, got mine, but Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins, The Two Popes, Al Pacino, The Irishman, Joe Pesci, The Irishman, or Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Damn. Fuck. Fuck you. For me, um, it's easy, Brad Pitt. Easily. Like, see, he, to me, he stole the show in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, but Al Pacino. Joe Pesci was my favorite, but I feel Al Pacino's role was so, like, you had to be youthful. So that, that, that it'd probably be between him and Brad Pitt. My, my favorite character is definitely Brad Pitt's. So... But I might... Uh, it's between those two. Fuck, I can't think. I hate you. Achievement in cinematography. The Irishman, Joker, Lighthouse, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. In cin- oh, The Lighthouse. Yeah, I was... Fuck, yeah, the, the Lighthouse. lighthouse like, I, I, yeah, it'd be, it's kind of hard not to say The Lighthouse. That yeah. shit... You know what The Lighthouse reminds me of? Of like, if you were able to do the shit that you wanted to as a little kid... And you just had all the resources. And then you make the movie like, damn, I want to make a Twilight Zone-ass movie. Black and white, four by three. Yeah, I'm going to go with the lighthouse on that. Achievement in directing. The Irishman, Martin Martin Scorsese, Joker, Todd Phillips, 1917, Sam Mendes, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino, Parasite, Bong Joon-ho. I heard Parasite is great. Haven't seen it, but I heard it's awesome. That's in, in, in what? Directing. Shit. I might go with 
Tarantino. Yeah, directing, I got to go with Tarantino. Yeah. I think over, I, I like Joker better yeah. than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I think Joaquin Phoenix carried more of the load. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I like if 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 Todd Phillips directed that movie, he did a great job, don't get me wrong, but if he directed that movie and it was another actor, it may not have been as impactful. Pretty much well, I mean, you could kind of say that about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was quite a feat like in Hollywood mm-hmm. making it all old and stuff. And I I feel like it's a technically better movie. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that. And I will say that directing-wise, all the movies I enjoyed, not not all the movies, but most of the movies, they did have little things they could have done better. But I feel that, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, just the the level of it. Decent. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep listening. Remember, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. If you know somebody that would be interested in the things we talk about, send it to them. Email it to them. Share it with them. Check us out on Twitter at Hanging With Apes. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.